0: This is the Microsoft Cloud Show, episode 332. Today, Andrew sat down and talked to Chris McNulty from Microsoft about Project Cortex, recorded live November the 6th, 2019, from Orlando, Florida, and Microsoft Ignite Conference. Struggling to reproduce problems in your code base? Successful software starts with Raygun. Raygun provides application performance monitoring, unlike anything that you've experienced before, offering greater clarity around how your software is performing for your customers than any other APM provider easily detect and diagnose issues impacting end users, and monitor every part of your stack in one place. It's time to get back to building great software instead of fighting it. Start your journey to better software quality and try Raygun for free at raygun.com today. Hello everybody, this is Andrew Connell again, and I just wanted to touch base with a new one of our Ignite short episodes. On this episode, I sat down with Chris McNulty for a few minutes from Microsoft. Chris was been heavily involved in a project called Project Cortex. And what Project Cortex is all about, it's a new ECM offering from Microsoft. This is a bold, bold new service that Microsoft is adding to the Microsoft 365 suite. And it involves things like revamp managed metadata, content type hub. But it does a lot of really cool stuff around enterprise content management, And you'll hear Chris and I talk about. One of the things I find this to be a different approach to ECM compared to what Microsoft has done in the past is for those of you who have worked with document management solutions or records management solutions, one of the challenges we've always had is garbage in, garbage out, in the sense that you're only going to get a really good solution if the content that's going into a ECM or knowledge management solution is really well tagged and described with metadata. In the past, we've used things like managed metadata. We've used things like content types to get people to try and get users to go through and to classify their content. Um, but the challenge is, is if they don't do that, then you're only going to get only so much information out of the system. The richer the information that goes in, the richer the metadata around that solution, the better it's going to end up being. So one of the cool things about this new thing that they're doing is they're using artificial intelligence from Microsoft Azure, as well as some machine learning and machine training solutions to be able to extract content and extract content and, not, and metadata from the content that you're putting into it, using these cool AI builder and other machine models, and using that to get help users get content tagged and classified with the appropriate metadata to have a better chance of it actually uh, being a much more useful solution. There's so a lot of really cool features that they mentioned in, in the session here at Microsoft Ignite 2019. Chris and I talk about a, a lot of the stuff, what's coming, what's new, what people can expect around this going forward. And I think that one of the neat things that you'll see with this is also take a look at the session that we refer to inside the show notes for this episode, because you get a full recording of the 45 minute session that they did at Ignite, as well as with a bunch of links where you can find more about Project Cortex, something that is already currently in production. It's in a private preview, but real customers are using it today. So definitely take a few minutes and take a look at that. And uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and let's roll the interview with Chris. A 99.9% SLA means you're protected from power outages, bad patches, natural disasters, maybe even a dinosaur attack. Does it protect you from yourself though? AvePoint Backup for SharePoint Online provides full fidelity backup and recovery from individual items to entire team sites. Avpoint can run backups up to four times a day to ensure your data is secure. Recover anytime you want without having to pick up the phone and schedule restore windows. Learn why Avpoint is the Microsoft Cloud expert at www.avpoint.com. If you could score an extra hour or two back in your day, would you take it? Because our friends over at Nintex want to give you a gift, the gift of time. Seriously, if you haven't checked out what Nintex has to offer lately, you should. The platform built on Azure has evolved a lot. In just the past few months, the Nintex team has added new process mapping capabilities and most recently, a new eSign capability called Nintex Sign, powered by Adobe Sign. Nintex also continues to revolutionize products you know and trust, including Nintex workflow and forms. With the power of Nintex, it is faster and easier for you to configure, not code, giving you valuable time back every day to spend it however you want. Test drive the Nintex process cloud at nintex.com.
1: Chris, welcome to the Cloud Show. You know, I would say long time, first time, but this is actually my second time on that yeah. show. Uh, but it's great to be back.
0: Yeah. I know you guys have a show as well. Uh, you do a show with Mark Cashman as well in the Intro Zone.
1: Right? Uh, we do the Intro Zone, and it's interesting. We do that at Microsoft Studios. So it's what you would expect, like mixing board. We're in a soundproof booth. But what your audience doesn't get is where you and I are doing this right now. It's fantastic. We are in the hub section at Microsoft Ignite. We're surrounded actually by food and by community booths and <laughs> podcast recording and video studios and all of the, like, the SharePoint Saturday, the MVP wall. Yeah. It's, you know, this is one of my favorite neat places here. Also, it's cool and
0: dark. Yeah, it, it, that's the thing. I think we So it's intentional that we're not doing it in the podcast center. I like doing these little shorts, like, off to the side, kind of in the middle of everything. So you got a little bit of the ambiance of what's going on in the, in the room. I think we kind of jacked two guys' chairs. That, uh, they're trying to have lunch. They got to go get their food. They came back, like, where are our chairs? Like, oh, my bad. <laughs> so we're good. Just in case. We're in the shadows. They won't see us. We're in the the shadows. We're in private preview. There you go. Before we get started here, why don't you introduce yourself to our, our listeners, make sure they know who we're talking to today, and what do you do for Microsoft? So... I'm
1: Chris McNulty. I am Senior Product Manager for Microsoft 365. I am responsible for content services and business applications. I am a recovering MVP, as you and I have known you for many years. Um, I joined Microsoft four and a half years ago. And with those responsibilities, I am responsible for the launch of Project Cortex, which is an announcement that we made on Monday.
0: Now we're gonna spend some time talking about that. I'm looking forward to that. So you say content services, that sounds a lot like ECM, content types, managed metadata, WCM, all that kind of stuff, records management management, blah, blah, right?
1: It's almost all of those things. We don't really do WCM. Our on-premises product can still sort of be used for it, but that public website stuff is not a core part of it. But Everything else that you mentioned, content types, document management, records management, we're really encouraged by the level of invest that we've been able to get. We just moved well up into the Gartner's leader squadron mm-hmm. for content services platforms. Uh, that happened last Thursday. It's public, but we haven't done an announcement because we had a few other things to get out of the way this week. Sure. <laughs> um, but what's... Interesting about this journey, and you look at what the capabilities that we have with Power Platform. We decided about two years ago that we wanted to reinvent what content management meant. We knew that there were some significant areas, notably capture, that we hadn't touched. How do we deal with progressively larger volumes, transactional content management, if you will? And on this journey, we've been talking to lots and cust- you know, hundreds of customers along the way to do research, to get their stories. Um, and we discovered not only could we touch content services, but there was a real need for to be able to do things with knowledge. You may recall like in the 1990s, there was a big push for knowledge management and the tech didn't quite live up to the promise. Right. When we talk to organizations, we hear that they want to stay competitive and the best way to stay competitive is with both micro learning and macro learning. Mm-hmm. How do they help keep their employees engaged by offering them quick little learning vignettes um, in context, Get them the knowledge they need, the apps where they hang out all the time. And overall, how do you improve the competitiveness of your workforce by making the company as a whole smarter? And so when we look at things that we're doing about bringing more content in, about classifying it and organizing it with AI, we really think we're at a point where we have finally have enough scale, that there's enough of a body of content that you have in M365, that you're reasoning over it with AI with things like Microsoft Graph, that we can use that at scale to deliver knowledge and generate essentially wiki-like pages automatically, just based on the topics that we see and the content you have and the way that you work with it.
0: You know, it's interesting you say that too. We've I've seen I've watched this journey. I lived in the WCM space. I lived in the ECM space for earlier on with Microsoft, and I saw I can't remember what year I was. I was trying to think. It was maybe. 2010ish is when there was like a revitalization of the, of ECM and bringing all those like records management document management features not just to saying you have to go work in those places but you have to we're going to democratize those features and let you bring those to their different places where you actually do your work. The thing that I found so interesting about the approach of what you guys are doing with Project Cortex is that looking back at that the challenge that we that people always have in trying to do records management and one of the main flaws is, is that when you the best way to do good like content management, good knowledge management, is around metadata. I know you guys talked about it a lot in your session yesterday. But it's really hard to provide a really good and useful solution when the content isn't classified. And so we were always stuck with making users do that with managed metadata or with content types. We always relied on them doing it. And if they didn't do it, well, we were just up a creek, right? And right. It's, it's, it was garbage in, garbage out. What I like about the solution this time is, like you said, and you alluded to earlier, being able to use things like the the technology we have and machine learning and artificial intelligence, some of these models, to automatically do some of that work for the users in some really elegant ways is going to make this a much more useful solution, I think, now, and one that more companies can embrace and make it easier to be successful with the solution.
1: I think that's right. Um, You know, I remember, I actually wrote my first book on managed metadata services. And I said at the time, 10 years ago, about the cost of the red asterisk, (laughs) right? That when you make a field required, you're putting a tax on the user that they've got to do stuff. And if you make that tax too high, people are just going to go elsewhere with their content. Right. That part of human nature hasn't changed. One of the things that we've been hearing just this week from talking to customers is that we we think that we've gotten right, is we're not just delivering knowledge in the systems that people are already using, but we're also collecting it from the habits they already have. You know, we've all been through places where when you finish, if you've ever worked in a help desk, mm-hmm. please write the summary of what you actually did and post it to a knowledge base. Yeah. I'll do it later Yeah, becomes I'll do it never. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, And so by just saying, the way that you're doing your regular communications, whether it's Teams, whether it's an email, whether it's some documents, Just those behaviors add to the corpus of knowledge that we have in the organization. Some really interesting um, statistical problems around that too, but one of the things that we're really thinking about is authority management. Like, how do you determine that a fact is authoritative? Mm -hmm. The example I like to use is, you know, if a joke starts circulating at Microsoft, like Microsoft mission statement is to put a woman or man on the surface of Mars by the year 2030. (laughs) That may be trending and the graph may signal that that, looks authoritative, but it's not. And you need things like formalized record flags to indicate this is the authoritative version of a document. And you need to just be able to say certain things are just just facts. And how we control those, that's one of the things that we have to continue to build in for a good V1 of
0: the product. And I know that you want to talk about APIs. Well, eventually we'll get there, right? I'll get there in a few, in a second. But I, you know, so, you had a session yesterday. This is a big, you know, for our listeners, make sure they understand this. You know, the Project Cortex is, do you want to explain what Project Cortex is? I mean, from just a high level? I mean, I think we, we kind of dove right into it, and I'm just, all of a sudden, it dawned on me, I'm like, listeners may not know exactly what we're, what we're referring to here, but what's sure. the big initiative? So, Project Cortex is a new premium service for
1: Microsoft 365 that uses AI to help you classify your information into topics. We're using our search connectors to be able to bring even more information into the graph. We're using machine teaching to automatically read and classify that content at scale. And then finally, we're assembling that into things like topic cards and knowledge pages that
0: we're delivering to you in the course of where you're already working. Okay, so this seems to me like this is going to be a journey. Like you're live right now, I mean, it's preview, but you've got customers that are using this today, correct? We have customers who are using this today. We, we had one of them on
1: stage with us this week. We moved into private preview about six weeks ago. We've had about 13 customers on that journey. We are lighting it up for about another dozen later this month. Customers and partners can sign up to apply for the private preview. That's available online right now at aka.ms slash Project Cortex.
0: So is that also the best place where they should go to learn more about it?
1: Yeah, we have videos, we have demos, we have keynote sessions. Everything that we can package up and get will be there or is there already. For instance, Naomi Moneypenny is doing a Microsoft Mechanics theater session tomorrow. As soon as we have that
0: encoded, We'll add that to the site. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, I'll make sure that that's in the show notes. I take it probably the session you guys did yesterday, the breakout session you did, will also be linked to from that site, the recording of that? Absolutely,
1: that'll be there. We did, on my, we talked about Project Cortex, that's my right. podcast. Yep.
0: Once this goes live, yep. we ha- we'll be sure to get your podcast up on our side as well. Oh, sweet. Well, I appreciate that. We'll, I'll make sure that those, we'll have all those links in the show notes as well so people can learn more about it. I definitely recommend people go watch your breakout session from yesterday that we'll have. Do you remember the session code offhand? CLB50. 50. CLB50, 50, that's right. Definitely go watch it. It's a 45-minute session. It's jam-packed, but it, you guys did it. It's a really good, way to grok what this whole thing is about. Now, I kind of alluded to this a second ago. So you guys are, you're in private preview right now. Customers are using it, but this is going to be a bit of a journey. There's lots of things to this. It's not just one new product that you're lighting up. This is like a whole, it's more, it would be fair to say that Project Cortex is more like there's lots of components to this that are involved in this entire project, a whole revamp MMS a whole enterprise content type hub, stuff like that. That's a good way to
1: put it. There are lots of components to this. One of our missions, though, is to, as much as possible, certainly for an administrator, to aggregate those experiences into one common interface. There are four bits of classification technology under the hood. Naomi's done a great job kind of looking left to right to not reinvent the wheel, but find... Things that are coming from AI Builder, things that are coming from Microsoft Research, things that are coming from being image recognition. and How do we take all those things and assemble them into a, you know, a cohesive set of experiences that everyone can use? We really think that it's a way to bring AI into the mainstream, and that's by making it consumable and common. But you're right. There are pieces like those. We are revamping managed metadata service, so we have a new way of distributing content types throughout the organization, new interfaces for managing as well as for consuming taxonomy, because that is part of the secret ingredients behind how all of our topic mapping systems work in the first place. The other thing is, you know, to the audience, if you've been doing things with content types and metadata already, those investments will pay off, Having a strategy to make sure that you have metadata on the content is important.
0: We're just gonna make it easier because users aren't gonna to have to go through as many keystrokes to get them in. And like we talked about earlier, that was a big thing that I think is gonna be really helpful to users, is just making it easier. You talked about, you have this extractor, can be able to extract knowledge and be able to pull it in, but it's also like interpreting, or I was gonna say assuming, motion. that's not the right word, but it's just trying to understand and rationalize content to be able to know that this is about, if you had a thing called Project Jupiter or something like that, that was going on within your organization, it would be able to figure that out, not from the title of the document, not from what metadata keywords you put in there, but by looking at the content of the document and seeing like, Project Jupiter's mentioned a lot of times in here. This is probably about Project Jupiter. Let's tag this as Project Jupiter, stuff like that, right? right. And it's also breaking that down into
1: individual components and looking like in some of those documents up front, there'll be a statement that says, Project Jupiter is blah. Mm. What we're doing is we're reasoning over that and saying that's probably the definition. Let's use that as the automatically supplied entry that we're going to put on the wiki page for what this is and We also recognize experts, we recognize content, we recognize a map of related topics. And if you're an expert, you can go in and curate the page. Mm -hmm. We've been talking to pharmaceutical companies who will tell us, we want to build a map of everything that everyone knows in our organization. Mm -hmm. And with no disrespect to the Microsoft Cloud, like we have a Nobel laureate who researches hemophilia. He's probably going to write the definition of what hemophilia is. (laughs) It's nice that you have a cloud service for it. But there's lots of diseases they don't touch, they don't research, but people may be working on papers that have secondary interest, but being able to let the AI come in and reason over all those signals and get them into the graph is going to help them map what are the other things that they may not even realize expertise that they have within the organization.
0: That's cool. So next question then, two other questions for you. Where do we go from here? What's next for Project Cortex? What are you guys, what are we looking at? I mean, I, I know you guys shared the timeline yesterday, which I believe I'm correct that it was, uh, you're going, you're shooting for GA in the first half of next year, something like that. Yeah,
1: we'll, we'll be... We feel
0: good where we are in the engineering backlog mm-hmm. that we should be
1: code complete relatively early on mm-hmm. in the first half of the year and then packaging and getting it out. I'm pretty confident you'll see it before the end of June.
0: Okay, so that's good. That's good. And, and, I mean, I assume a lot of the private preview stuff too is you guys kind of have to learn, like, you know, what does it take to run this thing? I mean, this is the one thing that I've talked to a few people about when they hear about this, aside from the stuff we've already talked about, is this thing's freaking big. I mean, this is a... But collectively, this is a big project. And it's going to be, it's a significant thing to run. So, I mean, I'm sure the preview is kind of like, what's it going to take to run this thing a little bit? Like seeing at scale and seeing what people, what current customers, how are they using it?
1: Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that we get, not just customer understanding, but we get to watch how the service performs when customers throw a really large set of content at it. Mm-hmm. How much processing power do we need? What are the key ingredients under the hood? I mean, Project Cortex is derived from SharePoint. Like, and a lot of the content that it has is stored in what looks like a SharePoint library. There's a couple of new constructs. There's a thing called a knowledge center and a thing called a content center. you are unique to Cortex. but And we're integrating Microsoft search technologies to be able to get more information into the graph. But it's a big engineering effort. You know, Between the Cortex team and the search team, you know, dozens of engineers are
0: working on this. All right. Last question. You knew I was going to ask you about this. So as a developer... I looked at everything you guys were doing yesterday. I was like, ah, very cool. There's a lot of stuff a lot of people can do with this, but I'm also thinking there's a lot of intelligence that's in here that I would love to be able to leverage. I know customers are gonna wanna leverage it either in custom web parts or in a full-blown Teams app or other kinds of just standalone applications here, maybe mobile things as well. APIs. How much of this stuff are customers going to have access to To the stuff that, that Project Cortex is determining and rationalizing and all that kind of stuff?
1: We're going to give as much API access as we can. We haven't built the APIs out yet. We kicked off that discussion with our partners at the Content Services Partner Summit in Redmond last month. In conjunction with that, I think you, you know this, but I asked fellow MVP, Julie Turner, which APIs do you want? She said all of them. Yeah. <laughs> We've been hearing a lot from partners about the need to be able to you know, get enumerations of topics. How do we determine what the synonyms are for the topics? How do we inject them? How can we inject rules in? So some of those APIs are easier for us to predict than others. Certainly a set of rich, restful services on top of managed metadata is something really important for us to land. And we'll be doing some private previews of the APIs starting very early next year, probably January.
0: And that's cool. I mean, I would assume that there are... I know I'm getting ahead of myself on this because I I haven't seen everything about Project Cortex. I've seen a 45-minute demo or 45-minute session on it. And I know the more that people are going to look at this, the more they're going to learn more, start asking questions. What more can we get? What more can we do with this? It's going to be interesting to see what solutions people build. Like one of the coolest, it's reminded me yesterday, all I could think of was this one commercial yesterday, uh, years ago on Thanksgiving, when Microsoft had a a commercial that they aired during one of the football games, um, and it was about Xbox Connect. And it was okay. when they put Connect out and they put an API out. And they said, look at all these things that, you know, we, you can do. You can do this and you can do this and you can do this. And then it just stopped. And it's like, but the thing we found the most interesting is the stuff that you're doing that we didn't think about. That's the part, like, I'm thinking, you know, specific solutions for pharmaceuticals or for specific solutions for certain verticals. Or I'm looking at this and going, God, I would love to be able to put all my stuff about my courses in this and be able to see, like, you know, pass and, and between the different relationships and how you have the graph of the topics and stuff. This, it looks like there's stuff here that can be like, you can come up with specific solutions that are not going to be more, not one size fits all, but a general solution that all customers are going to want, but things that are very niche specific. And that's where the API question kind of came from, so. You
1: know, one of the things that we've already had interest in is how do we ship and integrate standard industry taxonomies? How can people sell a taxonomy that they want to plug in and do it in something better than the original version of MMS? Yeah. Which, you know, you turn set import, you know, and then... A couple of obscure CSOM calls if you wanted to poke stuff into a property bag and keep them synchronized. And it was too hard for most organizations. So we we learned.
0: I mean, it's a first step. I mean, we learned.
1: Right. But, you know, we expect to see partners build their own classification models, Mm -hmm. right? And build their own rule sets and get their own workflows Mm -hmm. injected into the system. And you're right. Like, we can't think of everything. And the beauty of this partner system, this whole crazy world that's grown up around SharePoint is we don't have to think of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, Our customers and our MVPs will think of them faster than we can.
0: Awesome. For those of us familiar with ShareGate, we know that they've always been about SharePoint and Office 365 migration. But now that we've all moved to the cloud, like me, you're probably thinking how about how to scale your Office 365 to a full self-serve environment without worrying about thousands of groups and teams popping up out of nowhere, aka Sprawl that's why the folks at Sharegate developed Sharegate Apricot. It's a solution that helps us automate our Office 365 Group's governance by allowing us to collaborate with users to keep everyone accountable for the things they create. Their super simple to use in-app experience lets us lighten our load by delegating group management responsibilities to users we trust, aka no more sprawl. Want to get your hands on Sharegate Apricot? Try it for free for 30 days at sharegate.com college Chris, thanks a lot for the time for sitting down with us. Uh, again, we're, they can learn more, aka.ms slash Project Cortex. Is that correct? Uh,
1: aka.ms slash Project Cortex. Right. Um, and CJ, you've been awfully
0: quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to get him to do that. He, was, he got tied up in a customer <laughs> meeting as well. Um, where do people find you to, learn, to, just to, to follow what's going on? Um, I'm on Twitter, at
1: cmcnulty2000. Uh, Only thought you'd be on Twitter for a year, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, when I signed up for it, my sister was emcnulty1000, and I wanted to go twice as big. <laughs> And if you recall back in the era, there were lots of these social services.
0: I didn't really care that much about what that name was, but sort of stuck with it (laughs) Exactly, Exactly, exactly. Awesome. Hey, Chris, thanks a lot for taking the time to sit down with us and talk about it. And we're really interested to watch the journey of how this unfolds. Thanks for having me. Hope to do it again. Did you like this episode? Please tweet about it and drop a five-star review in iTunes. Word of mouth recommendations are the most effective ways for us to grow the show, and we'd really appreciate it. If you have a question for us, go to microsoftcloudshow.com slash questions, where you can submit it as text or record it as a wave or an MP3 and provide a link so that we can play your question on the show. You can subscribe to us in iTunes in the Google Play Store by searching for the Microsoft Cloud Show or via RSS at microsoftcloudshow.com. We'll also find notes of each episode. You can also find us on Facebook, searching for Microsoft Cloud Show or on Twitter at mscloudshow. And finally, Sign up to our mailing list by heading over to our website and entering your email to interact with us, participate in upcoming interviews, and other cool stuff. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.